Greetings, friends. Future Andrew here, dropping into these past episodes to tell you thanks. Thanks for checking out RTAF. If you're valuing the show as a wellspring of inspiration and artistic fuel and would like to help keep the show going, you can find out more about how to do that at patreon.com slash podcast. Every little bit adds up and keeps me inspired to bring you quality content on a consistent basis. Thanks for listening, and stay creative. This episode of the RTAF podcast is brought to you by LostSailorLeather.com. Lost Sailor Leather is the artwork of Jared Michael Trantham. He's a fourth-generation leathersmith artist, and he's sponsoring the podcast by making a bunch of keychains for us. We have leather keychains with the RTAF logo stamped into them with all these crazy colors, and you can find those on our website at rtafpodcast.com. John and I have them on our websites as well at andrewnorrisarts.com and johnspeaker.com. Jared makes all types of wearable art and more. He has wallets, belts, vests, and he also does things like um, whiskey flasks, keychains, as we just mentioned, and even journal covers. I myself have a belt, a wallet, a keychain, and a journal cover. I highly endorse his product. He does a great job. He's a great artist. You can also hit him up for some custom pieces. Uh, a lot of things I didn't mention here, but he can pretty much make anything. Dog collars, human collars, you know, if you're into that. Just holler at him. You guys go support him. And right now, if you go to LostSailorLeather.com, you can take 20% off your entire order if you use the code RTAF20. So go on over and support our homie. Thank you, Jared, for sponsoring the podcast. And check out those keychains to support RTAF. Welcome to another episode of RTAF. Thank you for joining us. And for being here. And for being there. <laughs> and everywhere. You're probably at home right now. Yeah, you're at home. Let's be honest. If you're being responsible. Yeah. Corona lockdown. 2020. That Roner, dude. <laughs> What's up with it? We don't talk about that really at all in this episode. And we're actually... A little bit. We touch it. It's touch and go. You got to talk about it. You it's got what's to. what's going on, you know? You got to. But yeah, then we quickly get into... Well, our guest <laughs> this week is Lauren Nova. Amazing artist. You can find her at Lauren.Nova on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And Lauren Nova on Facebook. LaurenNova.com is her website. Yeah. That's chats. Nova is N-O-V-A. Like Supernova. <laughs> yeah. But Lauren Nova. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what we get into, man, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of like, what would you call it? Practical, spiritual advice. Yeah. I would say. Nothing like uh, far too far out, but very, you know, uh, awareness-based kind of talking about life and the process mm-hmm. of making art and being uh, awake in the world yeah totally yeah just talking about you know how we all go through these shared patterns of expansion and contraction and you know finding peace in that process Mm -hmm. and finding joy in your path and maybe not being too hard on yourself you know 
we get into it, but yeah, you know, getting bent out of shape, looking out at the outside world and feeling like you're not doing enough mm-hmm. and, and this and that, and just kind of chilling out and enjoying the ride. Yeah. And uh, Lauren's just such a bright, friendly, awesome person. Yeah. It was nice to meet her uh, via Skype. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, she also talks about process of her most recent painting, Uzumaki, which is uh, a really amazing painting. We'll put links to that in the show notes. So check it out. And this one, we have a video that will be up on YouTube probably what, probably a little later in the week. Yeah, it'll follow up quickly. And we'll, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll post about it on Instagram. For sure. And uh, if you haven't, please join our Facebook group. It's called Artsy AF Pod Squad. Yeah. Um, Submit your applications now. <laughs> Andrew and I have to accept you. Yeah, we're going to put on our uh, reading glasses and pour over all the paper applications that we're getting in the mail. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I guess without further ado, let's jump right into the countdown. Launchy time. Three, two, two, one. One. Stay safe and healthy. healthy. We love y'all. We love y'all. Thank you, friend. Here we go. So... Uh, how you been holding up with the quarantine? <laughs> I mean, I I work part time as a graphic designer, so from home. Mm-hmm. So nice. Yeah. That job's still going for now, so it's really like kind of same old for me. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Except for like when I do occasionally venture out, mm-hmm. it's progressively gotten weirder. Yeah. <laughs> out in, out in the world. <laughs> yeah. Where Where are you located? Are you in Delaware? I'm in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Maryland. Okay. So I'm like 30 minutes from DC, like an hour from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty like suburban kind of around here. It's yeah. It's pretty nice though. I'm like really close to a state park and awesome. Have a quiet little place, so it's nice. Nice. Like how has it yeah. got? How has it gotten weirder out there? Because <laughs> you know here it's just restaurants are closed and I don't know. Right. Right. Uh, well, on Monday, my boyfriend and I went out to get groceries. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we went to Costco and there was a line, probably like a hundred people outside of Costco. Holy Ooh, shit. Damn, outside. It was, it was like, that felt like the apocalypse to see that, to be honest, because yeah. damn. I've never seen anything like that before. Uh-huh. And if that wasn't enough as we're like driving up to this huge crowd, which, you know, of course we're like, avoid crowds. Uh-huh. There's this guy walking towards us with a face mask on. Uh-huh. And I'm like, let's leave. I don't... <laughs> we like assumed that maybe they were limiting the number of people inside the store. Mm-hmm. Ironically, there was a giant crowd outside the store, but, and then we went to another grocery store and, you know, there was no toilet paper. There was nothing pretty much in the whole store. Mm-hmm. Like, entire aisles cleared out and and it's like it was it was kind of weird to see yeah yeah you realize like how fragile our society really is you know yeah like whoa oh shit because yeah we were in the grocery store and it was just packed you know and 
everyone's like keeping their cool, but you can feel like just below the surface, everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And it is interesting because like different stores, people see different levels of calm and panic. But inside my house, I can definitely 100% say that since like maybe Sunday, the air, the tension is crazy. You can like cut it with it. It's definitely... (laughs) Woo! <laughs> but but there's like some positives, at least for me personally, and that at first it affected me a lot. Like it was really hard for me to concentrate. Felt the jitters constantly. No. You know, it kind of mm-hmm. felt like, oh my god, I'm overwhelmed by this global panic, and mm-hmm. I'm not even panicking, but it's like <laughs> off on me. <laughs> but it really forced me to like. I actually woke up in the middle of the night, and I was like man, I just don't feel good. Like, here I am, you know, one of those tripped out moments. Here I am, I'm a human being. Mm. I'm in this life. Yeah. Like, I guess I'm here. Mm. What's going on? And I kind of had this moment of, okay, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. I'm going to enjoy myself as much as I can. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that helped me, you know, like a little bit of a perspective shift of like, all right, what can I, what can I do to just, make the most of where i am so exactly right yeah that's all you can do you know it's like you either gonna just be miserable and panicked or take it as an opportunity to i don't know learn about yourself learn new skills (laughs) exactly exactly practice your personal you know ability to withstand the emotional trauma exactly (laughs) Yeah. yeah And, yeah. and hopefully, you know, hopefully to bring something positive and like if every individual person that's panicking is causing this crazy tension that I can feel, if I can create something that then spreads out. And mm-hmm. that really helped me too when I had that moment of like, okay, how can I make the best of it? I realized like, all right, I know, I know what I can do. Mm-hmm. I can sit down and I can meditate and I can create another kind of energy. I can send you know, like positivity to the people that I'm worried about, that I'm related to. I have a sister who's a PA in the hospital, you know, and wrote a letter to like my neighbor who's elderly, gave him our phone number, stuff like that. I'm like, you know, like, let me get myself together and do my part and then like carry on with my life. And Right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's like a lot of people uh, like to be informed so that they, they stay glued to the TV or to the internet a little too long. Like they camp out there, you know? Yeah. And I think the most important thing to do is to just like create a a calmness within yourself. Like you can take this time and like learn how to be positive and make something, uh, something good out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I know for me personally that if I look at any kind of internet, type thing early in the day it can really throw me off it helps me a lot to just like put that off until later in the day let me like create my own thing in the morning Mm -hmm. but yeah it definitely feels like being in some kind of movie or tv show you know where it's like characters fighting for their lives and you just feel like oh my god this is it we're like on lockdown Trump is president (laughs) it's like (laughs) the craziest movie of all time 
Yeah. Exactly. Like, if you wrote this script, somebody would be like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, right. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I remember the last election feeling the craziness in the air and like really mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And then that on top of everything else that's going on, it's. Interesting it's pretty, times. Woo. <laughs> woo. <laughs> yeah. At least, uh, I mean, you're a designer and artist, but designers and artists, we've been in training for lockdown for years. We've been on oh, yeah. self-imposed oh, yeah. lockdown. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. I keep like, it took me a while to really understand like this is a change for people. To not right. right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I also lived when I was younger in a group house with a bunch of people and often one person would like have a flu or something so that felt like training grounds also uh-huh. <laughs> totally <Yeah. laughs> so i mean should we hop into like actually asking you about art <laughs> yeah yeah stuff? thanks for coming sure, on the yeah. podcast by yeah, the way thanks so much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well what, what is kind of cool is i actually met you how many years ago did we take that randall and morgan workshop it's like, I want to say it was like 2014 or 15. Yeah. Maybe. Four, 14, I think. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Like six years or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was cool. I met you back then. Nobody knew who we were. We were just yeah. little young bucks. You were making some really incredible art at that point already. Yeah, so were you. <laughs> weren't you, were you, working you. On, were you working on that piece in the I background? I that with me, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> but this like my first major painting undertaking of my life right on and you had already you were very prolific already <laughs> <laughs> incredible painting well thank very you very inspiring to watch you <laughs> so like and even I mean, when i saw like i mentioned i saw your original painting at my friend's house i was looking at it and it was it was on a wall with several prints mm-hmm. and it was so obvious that it was like different you know it was was original it had that like battery love charge in it yeah Mm -hmm. and i was staring at it thinking to myself because like in my own work i'm constantly redoing reworking going Mm -hmm. back you know and i'm looking at your painting thinking it doesn't look like he second guessed himself one (laughs) time (laughs) like everything looks like it unfolded in perfect time and like <laughs> no completely carefree it was really wonderful to see so. right on <laughs> congratulations well thank you, you congrats know. buddy maybe we should just talk about me this yeah, whole time. yeah yeah this is great <laughs> so john where do you get your inspiration from <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so we met in like 2014 in that workshop uh had you been painting or doing art for a long time before that uh, yeah, I mean, I've been making art since I was pretty young. My mom supported me and hooked me up with some like private art lessons when I was a young kid. And I studied art a little bit in high school. I ended up in like an AP art class my senior year. Nice. I totally almost flunked it. <laughs> I like had a had a part time job and my art teacher would bring in these models that I like didn't want to draw and put them in these horribly ugly prom dresses and be like, okay, do an oil painting. Of this. <laughs> like, no way. <laughs> what kind of stuff? And she would were... be like, oh. sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, 
So I never did any of the work pretty much. I mean, I, in the class, it was several hours I would work, but I didn't do any of the work outside of school. And then, you know, she finally got, got me into the oil paints. So I went mm-hmm. home and I made like three oil portraits nice. just on my own, not assigned. And I brought them into class. I'm like, can I get credit for this? Cause like, I know I'm going <laughs> to fail. <laughs> so I, I passed, but it's the worst grade I ever got. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, like, then, like what kind of, so you didn't want to draw girls in dresses. I mean, what were you drawn to at that time? Like, what did you want to create? I don't know. I, I mean, the portraits I made at home were like kind of weird. I was kind of an angsty teenager. So I like, I wanted to make like kind of dark portraits of women Mm-hmm. I guess I still do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or just more dark. refined. Yeah. Now. <laughs> so I'm like very particular and I didn't want to put like 20 hours into painting an ugly dress. You know? Exactly. I don't know. Totally. And like I said, I was angsty and rebellious. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but um, after that, I went, I studied graphic design at University of Maryland and I would do as many fine art classes as I could. I really like, I think as a young kid, like, from early on, I knew I wanted to do major in graphic design, and I think I always just had a sense of knowing that I loved making art, and that was the way I was going to like support myself doing it. Mm-hmm. So I studied that in school. I did a few um, fine art classes, painting classes, still like figure drawing classes, stuff like that. That those classes were like super fundamental to my skill set now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And design classes, which were awesome. I mean, maybe even more helpful in some ways than the fine art classes I took because mm-hmm. we did brutal critiques yeah. of each other's work. You yeah. know, like, yeah. My wife was a it was she brutal. went to school for it. Yeah, she, I remember her telling stories. People would cry during critiques, and they would just break oh people down. Oh my god! <laughs> but it was it was so awesome because I really had sort of a transformation when I went to college where I was all, I've always been like pretty smart. I can, I can get an A pretty easily without like putting a ton of effort in. So I never had to like really fully apply myself beyond making the grade that the teacher expected. Mm -hmm. And that was like what I had done my whole life. And then once I got to school and I was in these design classes, you know, I'd be like, okay, same old, you know, I'd do the work and get there and it would get crushed in mm-hmm. the critique. <laughs> Hell yeah. And it was around that time <laughs> I realized like, wow, I've been working, doing the assignments that I'm given and, and just being like, okay, I have to do this work and then I can get it done and I'll be free to like hang with my friends or whatever. Yeah. But I was like, now I'm in college and I was doing it like around the clock working. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to really do it, not for my teacher. I'm going to do it for myself. Like I started to really tap into like a completely new world of intuition and like self-trust in knowing that my eye was like my ultimate guide Mm -hmm. for my work. And like really pushing myself way beyond just finishing the project. So that was really cool. And once it, that became a thing, then I felt like the critiques completely changed. Mm. Because charge. I had all this information, this feedback from my peers and my teachers. 
And I was able to like incorporate it into my work so that when I showed up to the review, I felt confident about what I had brought to the table. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt like I had surprised myself. I had become a better person than I was when I started the project. And I felt like I had meaningful feedback from my peers as well. So that was really cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think critiques are super important when they're, uh, when they're asked for, I guess. (laughs) Um, even sometimes if they're not asked for, you know, if like someone can come in with like a, a well thought out critique of your work um, and you have tough enough skin to integrate what they say, uh, I think it can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like your work is really a reflection of yourself. So it's similar to being critiqued as a human being, which I think <sighs> is like a super necessary skill to yeah. just... Yeah. in the world and like grow and evolve so yeah, yeah. it's really similar to when someone's like hey you hurt my feelings and you get really defensive or you know someone's like it's, it's funny you mentioned like an unwanted critique I remember oh. one time uh, bringing a painting to Cosm and I was painting and Alex Gray comes up and he's like wow this is really beautiful I'm like well thank you Alex and he's like why is your head so big <laughs> <laughs> Sweet and salty. <laughs> Ooh, damn. And in that moment, I was super defensive inside. <laughs> of course, not like verbally, but I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Alex Gray, you don't know shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> what, you're an expert all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's like, um, you know, I suppose with like critiques and just being a human in general, it's like kind of balancing confidence with vulnerability mm-hmm. in a way you know, allowing yourself to be vulnerable enough to hear what somebody has to say and absorb that, but then also standing kind of like divinely confident in yourself and like, you know, taking that in and knowing I can convert anything that comes into creativity and I can become a greater version of myself. Exactly. Yeah. If you're like truly confident, then you can be vulnerable, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a balance also between, I think, taking things seriously and having a certain amount of like, I like to say, call it like realizing that you're in a dream, mm. but like, you know, you could describe it anyway, having a certain amount of like, this is temporary. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is, right. you know, like you, you really can't get so serious about it. You'll die. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we'll die. Yeah, you're gonna die someday. <laughs> you take yourself seriously. But you're gonna die. But it's difficult, especially with art, because you're p- pouring like over a hundred hours into one thing, and then someone says something mean about it. Yeah. Not mean, but critical. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard not to take it serious. It you is. know, it's hard. Or personal, at least. Yeah. yeah. Or personally, yeah. yeah. But then you have to also realize, like, again, it's the balance where it's like. You have to own your personage and your actions and your decisions, but you also have to realize that you're not really like a person in some ways. Yeah, you're right. Part of a whole, you know, you're just like one blip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And maybe like it's kind of like identifying as like you're watching the movie instead of like the main actor in it or something. I don't know. Right. Shift, yeah. sh- shifting perspective of self. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, 
it's crazy. The balance is, is wild. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then <laughs> it's, it's seemingly impossible, but I think that it's the action of reaching towards it. That exactly. Is what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just reminding yourself, you know, we'll get, yeah, we'll get yeah. lost and twisted up 8 million different ways, but you can always just stop yeah. and remind yourself like, uh, I don't know what's going on anyway. So just, yeah, maybe I can it just lighten like up. The nature, yeah. It seems like the nature of our experience duality, you know, like this balance between like tightness and release between seriousness and play between mm-hmm. what, you know, anything. So Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like you have to you have to care really really a lot but also like not give a fuck at yeah. the same time. Exactly. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. That, you said it much more eloquently than I than I have. I think that's like a Paul Simon quote or something. I don't know. <laughs> don't quote it me on so that. It's so hard quote. to simultaneously <laughs> yeah. do that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so exactly. Anyway, so you went to d- design school and then what did you do after school? After school, I ended up working at NASDAQ for a year. NASDAQ? Whoa. Doing like, what? Like stonks? Stonks? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, this is embarrassing to admit, but I got like a blind phone call from a guy. It's like, hey, I'm with NASDAQ. I'm like, can you spell that? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> So blah 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 and I go in for the interview and I'm kind of just not in that world at all right you know I just and I'm in the interview and they got the news on and it's like NASDAQ scrolling at the bottom I'm like oh my god I should know more about this but they hired me <laughs> um, and I worked as an intern there and it was a cool, cool opportunity because they allowed me to basically teach myself to code like just oh, front end languages while I was there. Nice. So that was really cool. That's badass. Um, I got paid to keep learning. And mm-hmm. eventually kind of it got to a point where I was like, wow, this is really not fulfilling me. <laughs> I actually, while I was there, I got pretty depressed working mm-hmm. 40 hours and like not having time to paint, not being able to pursue creative endeavors. And I told my boss, I, I think I don't want to work on Fridays anymore, if that's okay. And he's like, okay, you want to work four tens? And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, just take a day off. <laughs> I'll work four eights. <laughs> but they were cool about it. They were flexible. They let me do that. So that, that was a, a gift. It was cool. Nice. And then after that, uh, Felt my way through, eventually ended up in the job I am now, where I work, like I said, part-time from home as a graphic designer, which is really amazing for me. I have a cat, so I love being home and (laughs) not being like, you know, when I worked in the office, it felt like so many hours were just mindless chatter with people, you know? Tiring. So so tiring and then all the time you spend like just driving there driving home it it consumes you so it's really nice to be able to work from home and I've been able to somewhat steadily reduce my hours over time so I can devote more time to art so it's it's a really supportive job for me to have right now it's really nice what kind of design work are you doing um I do design and I build websites I do print design 
it's a marketing company that I work for. Cool. Um, and the clients we work for sell high-end products. So there's like beautiful photography. So it's a nice, it's a nice situation for me to be in. And I am pretty, it's a very small company. So I'm pretty much like the entire design department. Oh, wow. So I have a lot of creative freedom and freedom with hours, stuff like that. So it's, it's really nice. Cool. And then, so then yeah. how did your art develop as you were going through this journey? Oh, like, well, so when I graduated from UMD, we had a senior art show and I had this really cool professor and my senior year, I got credit for redesigning Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin album covers. Oh so man, that's he, fun. It was kind of like a self-guided course. I don't know what exactly it was called, but I got to just do whatever I wanted. And I met up with him regularly and showed him my progress. And he was a super cool guy. So I had this in the show. I had this project, you know, it was like this print of all the covers I had designed. And I pretty much illustrated them all. I mean, my graphic design program, I was illustrating everything. I was really mm. just like turning it into an art program. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but at the show, I still remember this red painting. It was probably like three by four feet. And I don't even know what it was of. I think it was abstract, but it was red. And it was powerful and it was alive and it was charged in a way like my print never could have been. Mm. And I remember standing in front of it thinking like, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. And I mean, I had been painting, you know, I'd been taking like oil painting classes, but they wouldn't let me into the upper level classes without taking the lower level classes. So I mm. had to paint like paper bags and skulls <laughs> and stuff, which is cool. You know, like I, I wasn't able to really like be creative with paint. So mm -hmm. seeing that painting, I was like, Oh my God, I could do that. That's what I want to do. So after graduating, I started painting <laughs> a lot. And like, even when I was at NASDAQ, I was starting to paint. And especially after leaving that job, I had more time and I started like setting myself up as a sole proprietor, mm -hmm. just like laying the foundation, sort of like, I kind of slowly built the business aspect of it while building my skill set and painting so it's been like a slow steady growth process there and, and then you know you and i met at randall roberts and morgan mandala's workshop at cosm like the first sort of continuing art education i did after school yeah and that was cool and then I did a few workshops at Cosm with Amanda Sage, mm. who was a really awesome teacher. Mm. And that really kind of catapulted me. That was that was the first time I think that I was in like an intensive because I did her shorter program in the spring and she encouraged me to come back and do like the long version that was like 10 days or something mm. in the fall. And just being like surrounded by artists. I mean in Maryland, there are other artists, but I just have kind of ended up like a lone ranger. Yeah. So being yeah, yeah. surrounded by other artists and like seeing other people paint and that kind of energy and being guided by Amanda and being shown like here is like a surefire way to approach painting. That was a huge catalyst for me. So that gave me like so much inspiration and momentum. Mm -hmm. So and then I've just been 
ever since kind of creating my own experiments just to like try new things and hopefully grow and learn and create new ways of approaching art and making stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your approach and your process now. Um, your newest painting, uh, Uz- Uzumaki, is that how you say it? It's so good. It's really, yeah, really so good. good. And um, Thank you. That's uh, actually the painting that Alex was like, why is the head so big? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Fuck that. I and think it's a great yeah. painting. It's amazing. Uh, um, it's all right in the end, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, it seems like you're using like a limited palette of maybe like three or four colors. And, um, we had a question that we asked on, uh, on our uh, Facebook group page about questions people might have for you. And someone said, uh, that they were interested in your process and how you build up layers and how you, um, use your colors. So if you want to talk about like a little bit like technical aspects of that and uh, the value shifts and the temperature shifts and all that, they look great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, well, like I said, I studied with Amanda Sage and she studies like sort of a altered version of niche technique that she learned. And it's a process of, like the version that I took home from that. I know she teaches it with like acrylic also, but Mm -hmm. we really did oil when I studied with her. So I just went all in after the first one and invested in like really nice oil paints. Um, So for a lot of paintings, I've been starting with an acrylic ground covering my canvas and then painting out my... Uh, you know, my composition in white casein, which is like a milk protein paint. Right. And it's really, it's really nice. Like, I definitely recommend just trying it out sometime. It might be my favorite paint. It's got like a chalky consistency to it, but it's also very smooth. And you can, you mix it with water, which is awesome. Huh. And you can really like, completely fill your paintbrush with it and it will stay like liquidy as you paint for minutes yeah so, so that's yeah. really cool i mean as opposed to acrylic where you're like constantly dipping your brush and like getting water in there so and the other really cool thing about casein is that especially when you're working on top of the acrylic the first acrylic layer you can basically erase it yeah and i like my background before painting, I did tons of pencil drawings. So like erasing is pretty integral to my process. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm big on things that allow me to correct my mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Same here, actually. <laughs> so like I'll get like a, a stiff brush, get it wet and just scrub. I mean, I've, I actually have erased like 60 hours of work and casein before that I just, I was just like, this is not even worth fixing. And I spent probably like eight hours scrubbing, scrubbing, scrubbing because it had been dry for so long. Oh my God. (laughs) Epic. Neuroticness is part of the process. (laughs) No, but, um, so I'll build up in white and then 
for like Uzumaki, I did a really dark glaze and I almost lost all of that work I did. Of course it showed through, but it was like everything was really dark. Mm -hmm. And at that point I realized that there were a lot of things that I could improve on in the drawing. So I kind of took that opportunity of like almost completely losing everything to like rebuild my entire image because it had been so long. I mean, I started the painting three years ago, so it had been so long and I'd already learned so much by the time that I got to the stage that I was like, wow, I can completely overhaul this. So I did. Yeah, yeah. So I pretty much redid the whole white process. And then at that point, once I'm there, I pretty methodically go in with one, one color to the entire painting at a time. So like I'll go in, I really love Payne's Gray and that's what I use for black pretty much. You're a yeah. Payne's Gray man? Yeah, I love he it. He loves it. Yeah. It's the I best. Love it, John. You've never used it? <laughs> no, I've never used it. It's the best. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. It's perfect for Try shadows. I'll, yeah. I'll go buy some. <laughs> Try it out. Yeah, I have it in acrylic also. It's it's my favorite. It may be my favorite. <laughs> what's so great why does everybody rave about Payne's gray what is it it's it, so it's like it's like this really dark blue kind of but it's like grayish blue mm-hmm. and i use it basically instead of black like okay. it's like the darkest that i go is Payne's gray okay. and it just makes it so soft it's like awesome deep but it has color in it you know yeah. it has something like some life to it it never completely becomes shadow it's there's still some light in there so i'll go in with like Payne's gray hit the whole painting you know put in put it in everywhere and then with that painting in particular i tried something new i collected some pictures of turkey tail mushrooms i had this Uh, vision that i wanted the painting to be mushroom colors like yeah you know earthy that, that kind of that's what i was going for so i collected pictures of turkey tail mushrooms that had i mean hopefully the exact same colors you see in the painting so you can imagine what the colors were but like kind of golden creamy colors that like bluish purple yeah and and these like deep kind of reds and i actually like none of my oil paint could replicate it or even come close oh really and it took me a lot of trial and error to replicate the colors so i i remember one day like i had after i rebuilt my form and everything i was terrified to go back in with the oil paint because i just kind of like i'm already like 80 hours in probably at this point right i like waited for a day when i was really composed and calm and feeling confident and i start mixing colors I'm, I'm going for like the gold that i did in the the light section of mm-hmm. the painting and i start glazing it over my my white and i'm like oh <laughs> this is this is not right actually <laughs> so i get some turpentine and i like completely take it off and it took me it's like i said it took me some trial and error like i had to try mixing so actually Often I do use a somewhat limited palette, but for this, I had to actually mix almost each. Like it was limited where I only used really like 
I had gold that's that you see in like the the light areas of the painting that like kind of orangish yellowish color mm-hmm. and then I had a red that I was using um, and I had the Payne's gray and then the purple so those are really my like four colors but except for Payne's gray every single one of them was mixed so like I had to like uh, mix first okay. to get them <clears throat> right. but once I had them I wasn't that's what I was using so yeah it's a great um, thing about oil paint is yeah. you can save your mixed colors. <laughs> yeah, once I mixed them, like when I went to finish the painting, I mixed my colors and they pretty much lasted through to the end. So that was cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, and I I also, like I said, I'll like go in with one color on the whole painting. So I'll kind of approach it like by the form. So like if I'm going in with Payne's Gray and that's my shadow, then I'll, I sort of have a formula of where I put that. Mm-hmm. Like my shadow will be on like the left vertical uh curve of the form Mm -hmm. and my light will be hitting like this area of the form my red will go like on the undersides of the form so like on the underside of the arm on the underside of the leg on the underside of the face so that's kind of my like formula and i'm trying really hard to create experiments for myself that force me out of it because it's so like intrinsic to me and I want to break out of it a little bit just to change things up. But that comes to me really naturally to do things that way. So that's hopefully that kind of gives you a little bit of insight into how I approach it. Yeah. It's a crazy process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, and then, and then of course, like as I go and I'm finishing, there's a lot of like refinement, you know, where I'll like go back and forth and rework things. And yeah. Did you, did you create a drawing before you did it on canvas? Yes. Okay. Yes. It was originally a drawing. I called it Dragoness Mm -hmm. and I did like a super limited run of prints and then I transferred it onto the canvas, but it's, it's very different than the original drawing now because yeah. like I said, I, I like really overhauled it because I started the drawing so long ago mm-hmm. and I, I was like, wow, I had really, like I said, I did figure study classes in school, but I really hadn't like kept that practice up. I learned a lot and I had a lot of skills in that area, but I hadn't kept the practice up. And from the time that I started the drawing, to the time where I overhauled the painting, I had really filled in a lot of the gaps in those like figure drawing areas. You know, I'd like come a long way. Actually, that's sort of an interesting story. I I did a few quick pieces, like I participated in this giveaway. So I did a few quick pieces where I had a reference photo that I took and then I transferred it directly from the photograph. So I basically like traced my photograph and then rendered it by hand. And that was really cool because I'm very meticulous and slow. So to do a couple things that happened so quickly was like really invigorating. And I I did a few pieces like that where I would transfer directly from my reference. And eventually I got to a point where I felt like I was stuck. 
I transferred some photos, some drawings. I actually did this drawing recently I call Apocalypse. And I originally had transferred my figures from my references directly. <laughs> and I couldn't feel attached to it. Like there was just no mm. emotional connection. Mm-hmm. And I missed drawing it by hand. Right. And all my friends are like, who has time to draw by hand? <laughs> I never do that. I trace. Like, of course, I mock it up in Photoshop. I like project it. I uh-huh. print it on, you know? And I was just like, you know what? I think I have to torture myself and draw everything <laughs> right. by hand again. <laughs> but tracing the figures really helped me draw by hand again. It was mm. crazy how like tracing it completely changed the way I was approaching the figure drawing. So huh. that was cool. And with Apocalypse, I completely started over, by the way. Right. And, drew it by hand. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, and just embracing your madness too, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, like totally. We, we all have our way we want to do it, you know? And sometimes it's painful, but it's like joyously painful too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's funny how it is, like we were talking about balance. It really is a balance between pleasure and pain for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Making yeah. art. There's like, and it's funny because I feel like I once, like some part of me wants it to just be pleasure. And when the pain hits, I'm like, oh, and I resist it. But if there is no pain, I feel despondent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what like I heard. The pain really, yeah, the pain really, like, wakes me back up. Yeah. Makes it real. makes me feel. Yeah. And that, that's what I've heard about uh, creativity, right? If you're not going to challenge yourself, you're, you're not going to push the envelope or evolve. But then exactly. if you make it too painful, you're not going to even try. Mm-hmm. So it's like finding that sweet spot of, you know, challenging yourself exactly, and having it hurt a little bit, but then you unlock that, you know, and you can keep carving yeah. out further down the path. Yeah. And it becomes difficult when like you want to make your art into a business because mm-hmm. there is an undeniable pressure to produce, Yeah, you know, and it's, also with social media, you see, I see like the artists that I admire and of course, I am also really just sharing my successes and not my failures. Yeah. But you see all these successes and I see these prolific artists and I'm like, oh, my God, Lauren, you can do this. <laughs> We're getting a new regimen. Yeah, know? yeah. We're going to be so productive. But the reality is that art is so emotional mm-hmm. and like personal. Yeah. It's so like you really have to completely rip your soul open and like dig it out and completely rearrange it every single time mm-hmm. so that it's not something where you can, at least for me, where I can necessarily like pow, 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 pow. Yeah. There's four new pieces, you know, like, and really I'm spending like 150 hours on a painting. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like, oh, I think that's good. I'll keep going now. I have to right, really yeah. feel connected from the very beginning. Yeah. Otherwise, I won't feel motivated to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Creativity just moves through everybody's body in a different way. You know, like mm-hmm. my approach is I just throw everything I can at the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> Whereas yeah. you will make a piece and be like, this shit is going to be fire like there's, there's no flaws it's done perfectly and everybody's gonna recognize that yeah and it, it's cool for like for me somebody that just i just 
create paintings all the time, whipping them out. But then I have like so much respect for somebody like you who, who has such a different approach, you know, to where I can, yeah. I can tell that you're really taking your time and so expertly crafted, you know. I think that's cool. It's Thank like, you. I have a lot of respect for you because I, it's, it's really a process of learning that like, on the one hand, I can set myself up completely the best I can to allow the process to happen. Mm-hmm. So like I can like eat well, sleep well, exercise, meditate, yeah. do all these things so that I'm set up for it to happen well. Right. But at the end of the day, I have to realize that there's like a X factor that I'm not in control of. Mm, right. Even if I want to be like, today I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do this whole drawing. I'm going to draw for eight hours. I might have like emotional work that won't allow me to actually do exactly. that. Like there's other, there's other work that needs to be done, which the business productive mind inside of me is like, you're not clocking hours. Yeah. But really... I am working on the painting exactly, in a yeah. roundabout way. Right. But I really admire your approach where you can like, cause I'm like, Oh, come on. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to be in the flow of the painting, but <laughs> I feel like I'm just constantly doing this like subtle detailed infuriating work. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I know it's intrinsic to my nature and it's just, it's yeah. where I am. It's what I have to work with. I have and, to do yeah. what I can. And just honor that and love that because cause I'll even tell you, like, I never feel like I'm painting enough or making enough work, you know? Wow. It'll like, never be enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It'll never be enough. And then I found recently, too, you know, like, I'm just allowing myself to love myself and how I approach life and being just okay with that instead of, like, always wanting it to be different. Right. It's just like I'm just yeah. making it I'm making it harder on myself and I'm going to live life the way I live. Mm-hmm. So just enjoy it, you know, and let it feel full cuz Yes. You yeah. Know, you're doing the damn it's, thing. Yeah, and it really is it comes back to that balance between like the part of you that wants it to be different is the part of you that's critiquing your own work that's yeah. actually growing. Like mm-hmm. without that part of you, you wouldn't be moving forward. Exactly. But you have to very careful not to let that part of you like drive too much. Yeah, like, yeah. don't bully you end up yourself. In this, like you're paralyzed. You're like exactly. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know what to do next. Like I, ha- it has to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a mad thing, and even recently, you know, like how you're saying you, spend a lot of time with self care, so then you can approach the canvas. Like I'm. Yeah, I'm in like a reverse thing where I was just making as much art as possible because I was like, the world needs to know who I am. But <laughs> now <laughs> I'm spending so much more time, you know, like going to yoga class and maybe taking a day off if I feel tired and like honoring that because I think I too was getting caught up. You look outside of yourself and you just see this whole world that seems like everybody's just producing masterpieces every day and that you can't keep up. And mm-hmm. I decided to just get out of that mindset, you know, because, you know, like, what do I want to be? Do I want to be the most prolific artist or do I want to have a life that I love? And, yes. Yeah. And I think that's what art really can teach you if you let it to have just have a great life, you know? So, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, you made 200 paintings or 500. Who gives a fuck? How <laughs> was you, did you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. When you were there sitting with the painting, 
what was your experience like? Exactly. And even if it was like pure struggle, were you there? Were you activated? Yeah. You know, were you like embracing the mission in front of you? Mm-hmm. Or were you like, huh, I don't even want to finish this painting, you know? Right, like, right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really wild. And for me, and it sounds like for you too, art is like this super intense accelerant yeah. of growth. You know, like you mm-hmm. have like your life experience that presents similar challenges, but when you make art, it's like compressed. Yeah. And, and, and I was tell, trying to tell my boyfriend this because I had a time last year where I just had this sort of realization, like I'm not making enough art. I'm not prioritizing it as much as I want to. Mm-hmm. I need to change. And then it did help me. Like I became more productive after that. And I was trying to like set uh, goals for myself, hourly goals per week to meet, mm-hmm. which was good and bad. Yeah, <laughs> it I mean, turns it's, out it's great to because, set goals. Yeah, because I told him I'm like one thing I'm learning is like one hour of painting is completely different than one hour of like freelance design work oh, yeah. or like one hour of any other job I've worked. Absolutely, because I'm not just like doing something for someone else, and of course I'm doing it to my own standard and making it as best as I can, but it's not like I'm reflecting my soul onto something and it's like, Mm. I'm like ripping my guts out the whole hour. And Mm. and of course not every stage of the painting is like that. When I'm doing (laughs) my colors, I'm just like, (laughs) it's not quite as like intensive emotionally, but (laughs) yeah. Painting takes a lot of energy. I don't think people, and maybe even us as painters don't really realize that, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Uh, You know, physically, you're kind of just sitting or standing there, mostly still, except for in your arm or your hand. Yeah. But but all the mental energy and and like you were saying, all the emotional energy. Huge. A lot, a lot comes out. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But the best, I think, the best feeling sometimes is like working your ass off in front of the easel like as much as you can during the day and then being completely exhausted by the time it's time to go to bed yeah and just being like hit the pillow with this like satisfaction like i'm doing it fuck yeah (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. it really helps me to set deadlines like with uzumaki i set a deadline for myself i like call my local scan shop and i'm like i'm coming and then i have no choice (laughs) yeah and i have definitely moved back my own deadline before but (laughs) It really like gives me a kind of high of like you're it's so hard for me to force myself into that place of like working consistently without a deadline. And yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes I walk away from it and I can't like you ever like crush a painting, you finish it and you you can't even like really like go back to real world for an hour. Yeah, 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 totally. You've been mm-hmm. staring at the canvas so much. People are talking to you and you're just still in limbo of like your brain is reacclimating. You're still like your brain is like fried. Yeah. <laughs> you're just it's great. It is crazy. You're like, I give me an hour or two. I'm still readjusting to reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This reality. <laughs> I think it's going back to what you're saying about setting a deadline. I think it's like I, I've, I'm the same way. Like I have to have some sort of external motivation along with the just internal drive that I have to really get me to like level up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like, um, kind of 
uh, uh, committing yourself to someone else's time in that way. Like you were saying, uh, uh, like, you know, calling the scan shop and being like, I'm coming on, you know, March 3rd or whatever. Yeah. So, um, and they're like, why uh, are you calling a month ahead? Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, so I can be accountable. I need need an accountability buddy. (laughs) Well, it's like, you know, you know, artists, we just, the act of making art, you're kind of inherently kind of throwing yourself into the chaos. And then maybe by setting a deadline or having to meet something, you, you put this order or scaffolding around which your chaos can be directed towards a goal yeah. or else you're just going to yeah. kind of like float around and dick around and not get yeah. much done in a way. Yeah. That's how I see it's it. It's interesting least. because I felt so like I actually did a collaboration piece in the beginning of the year also with a deadline. That was a really cool experience. And then I finished Uzumaki on a deadline and I felt like I'm on a roll. This is how I do it. I'm going to just set a deadline I'm going to finish the painting. I'm just going to keep doing that <laughs> back to back to back. And then I, it's so funny how when you think you got it figured out. Oh, yeah. It slips, yeah. It get, the rug gets pulled it, out. Um, yeah. It like slaps you in the face. Isn't that so uh-huh. funny? It's yeah. just like with the balance thing, you know, it's like we want when something works for us, we're like, okay, I, that's something I can understand. Let me just do Are that you, for the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but it really isn't like that at all. It's not. Yeah. So like I, I was like, okay. This, I can do this. I'm going to set a deadline and make a new painting. I had an awesome idea for a painting. I'm going to draw it this week. I'm going to start it that week. I can finish it in a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's been like three weeks now and I don't have a drawing. It's just not working. Yeah. yeah. And I, in my mind, the idea is so good that mm-hmm. I didn't want to give it up. But I'm at the point now where I'm like, I have to be flexible. Like, I have yeah, to let absolutely. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm like, and I think that's that's also a really big thing I learned in design school. One of my professors told me told the class, he said, don't marry your designs. Mm-hmm. And that was huge yeah, for yeah. me because it, it made me realize how many how much time I spent just like basically pounding my head against the wall because my thing wasn't working. And instead of giving it up and learning from that experience and like taking it in a new direction with the information I had learned, yeah. I kept trying to force it uh-huh. yeah so yeah. anyway i think that something i've learned recently with the whole deadline thing is that once i have my painting or the piece i'm working on sort of laid out and i have that like base layer of emotional work done mm-hmm. of, like bringing forth the the idea the imagery once i have myself set up where it's kind of just like um technical work at Mm -hmm. that point Mm -hmm. then i can have a deadline for myself but i think giving myself a deadline (laughs) to like bring an image out of the ether gives me mad anxiety (laughs) yeah because it's gonna you can't force it's gonna come when it wants to emerge and also like whenever you finish a, a substantial piece that has a lot of meaning or you put a lot of time into i think you know, like when you lift weights, you have to recover, you have to rest and recover. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. you know, like creating an epic masterpiece, it's like weightlifting of your, of your spirit and your mind. And you need to allow yourself time to like recharge and then trust, you know, that the wave will come. You've dedicated yourself to right. art. And then it, it comes. It is so yeah. much about trust. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes back down to that. Like what we were talking about in the beginning and like what you were saying with, I just want to like, enjoy myself 
you're never going to have like one rule that always works, no, you know, right. one thing that always is going to be always guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So really like just how can I feel good, you know, in this exactly. moment, like what maybe I feel like pressured to make this idea work. Why? Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Like just, yeah. just being aware of yourself is huge. Mm-hmm. And really yeah. it's like, the greatest accomplishment or art that you can master in this life is just the balance and trusting and letting go and like not trying to enforce your own rules on the way it happens mm-hmm. while at the same time taking what you've learned and applying it. Exactly. <laughs> so like yeah. Sort of enforcing rules and not enforcing rules. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're. I do your cat. I see. Oh, yeah. That's Winston. <laughs> <laughs> nice (laughs) yeah i think we were just dancing around the idea that or the notion that control is an illusion in a certain sense other than like controlling your actions controlling you know your reactions to things Mm -hmm. um yeah i think that's pretty important to realize as an artist yeah absolutely um and, you know, the better that you can feel and enjoy your life, it's going to be reflected in the art you make. You know, I mean, I can, I'm sure you guys know, too. Is that your cat? Yeah, he's old and <laughs> yells at walls. Love it. Um, I'm sure you guys know if you're, like, having a bad day and you sit down on the canvas and you're, like, frustrated and then you, like, look at your painting and it's, like, black and purple and it's just like angry colors and brush strokes and but i i think it comes back to like seeing other fields you know like even with my day job like i sit down i can work for eight hours no Mm -hmm. problem regularly consistently and it is like creative work but it's different yeah you know Mm -hmm. it's it's intense. It's a deep process. <laughs> it's also addictive. You know, once you get a taste of it, you're like, nothing will ever challenge Oh, yeah. Anymore. I'm hooked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you, um, do you have uh, like a mission with your art and what you're depicting in your recent paintings? Cool question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well... A big big part of my life mission, like I would say that when I'm with it and clear about what I'm doing with my life, my number one objective is to wake up. Mm. Mm -hmm. My number two objective is to wake other people up by proxy, if possible. Hell yeah. Not by force, (laughs) <laughs> wake up by, damn it what do you mean by wake by up my ripples, hopefully by being an example mm-hmm. and by by waking up let me get into that okay. my third objective mm-hmm. is hopefully to do it through art <laughs> Hell yeah. so uh, by waking up i kind of mentioned earlier the idea of taking life really seriously versus realizing you're in a dream and I've been really interested for many years in lucid dreaming. Um, I got really into, well, I'm also really into like Buddhism, specifically Tibetan Buddhism, I'm not Buddhist, but I yeah. am really inspired by Tibetan Buddhist tankas. Yeah, yeah, I can see it in your work. Um, 
I love it. Yeah. And I mean, before I started, even started painting, I ended up in a few Tibetan Buddhist temples and seeing the tangas, like I knew I was like, yeah, the person that made this knew what was up. Yeah. Like this speaks to like this space in between space, this like moment of infinity. This yeah. feels really familiar mm-hmm. and really intrinsic to my soul. Mm-hmm. So that was like, like I said, my first major painting attempt was just like sort of recreating a tanka because I just wanted to integrate that wisdom into myself mm-hmm. and I just had to do it. Um, so I read this really cool book called The Tibetan Yogas of Dream and Sleep Nice by Tenzin Gal Rinpoche. Highly recommend. It was a really cool book and it influenced me a lot and it's about dream yoga where you use your sleep as an opportunity to wake up, become lucid yeah. in your dreams. And it's basically a training ground for becoming awake in your daily life. Totally. So and it really goes like hand in hand with meditation where the more you pay attention, the more you realize you're not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and... <laughs> Ironically, I barely ever lucid dream. (laughs) Have you tried (laughs) practicing? It's very difficult for me to do. (laughs) Have before, like I can, but it's not something I'm able to do right now. It's very hard. And a lot of it, a lot of it comes down to like how diligent I am at that time in my life with the practice, because Mm. so much of it comes down to like devoting your life energy to being awake. Mm -hmm. And um, so. It's been a balance for me between like, I'll like oscillate between like getting deep into that practice and then sort of just flowing down the river. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you've ever been in a dream and become lucid, the feeling is electrifying. You yeah. know, you go from feeling like, okay, this guy's chasing me with a knife and I'm about to die. <laughs> and usually it's that like fear of death, mm-hmm. mortality, you know, this like similar to the global situation right now, yeah. this like, I like to call it the alarm clock, you know, like you have an alarm clock that goes off in the morning. It's kind of wild. We call it like an alarm clock, alarm. Yeah. That's what wakes it's, you up. It's a little weird. <laughs> like shaking of your existence of everything comforting and normal. So, mm-hmm. you know, the guy's chasing you with the knife and maybe that extreme fear makes you realize i'm either gonna die or i'm dreaming and i'm gonna wake up right now right yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) he agrees he's like hell yeah (laughs) he's like yeah girl i know what you're talking about (laughs) so and then you have that moment like i've had that moment where i wake up in my dream and i'm like oh my god i'm dreaming and and especially if it's something you've been working towards, it's so satisfying. And then mm. you fly. You know, you go from literally being on the verge of death to yeah. flying and like breaking the boundaries of space and time. And that feeling is so electrifying that I really hope to, you know, nurture that same experience into my waking life. And so a lot of the imagery I paint, the dragons specifically are alarm clocks okay basically you know something that is 
staring like straight into your soul face on yeah and center and sort of terrifying but also hopefully sort of familiar and like comforting in a way and maybe something that makes you change your perspective when you see it i mean that's what i hope for at least Oh, yeah. It's definitely, like, what I want from it. And it's also comes from, like, personal experiences of mine where I become really hyper-aware of the life around me. Like, I paint a lot of plants. I really like flowers uh, with eyes because... I have had really direct experiences where I feel strongly that plants are very much awake. Yeah. In some ways, like more awake than me if I'm like like lost in thought. I've had times where I'll be like in the woods, you know, lost in my own mental world. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I realize that like all the trees around me are alive. And I'm mm. like, oh my God, I'm just like chilling in your home. And I didn't even say hi. <laughs> 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 like, I'm like so self-absorbed that I'm not even aware of you guys breathing and doing your thing, you know? Keeping all of so, us alive. <laughs> Give them a hug. Yeah. And I think that that realization for me really helps pull me out of my like isolation world and make me realize that there is nothing private that everything is awake and you're always, you know what I mean? You you have this feeling in your normal waking consciousness where you feel like there's some kind of comfort in your individuality and you have privacy in your thoughts and there's like some kind of safe, consistent, like guaranteed experience in that. But then when you become more aware of like, the life around you and how all that life is also awake and watching you and you're part of it and super connected to it. It really brings you up to a whole nother level of like accountability for your actions and how you're deciding to conduct your energy and how it affects the life forms around you. Mm -hmm. And hopefully I'm hoping like, hopefully my paintings make people share that feeling because really all of my work pretty much starts with a feeling and yeah. an attempt to capture the feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm very feeling based. I'm actually not even like very visual person. Like when I have a vision, it's like a feeling. It's not yeah, something yeah, I yeah. can see. Somatic. Mm-hmm. I feel you on that. And then, yeah. And then I guess in a sense, like, you know, recognizing the consciousness of this experience that that intention is being echoed through your art, you know, I don't think you have to hope that it's doing it, that it it, it does <laughs> inherently just through Thank that you. in itself, you know? That's a pretty dope mission yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that something so, that you kind of developed over time as you were, I guess, just as you're like learning about yourself and like did the art start informing you of your own mission too? Was it like this push and pull or did you kind of? Um, I think... Like my, I had like a very abrupt awakening experience when I was in college, like I said, where my entire perspective on life changed that really helped me like see, it almost like made me remember. I've, and I've had a similar experience 
when I, I like had a few times where I like pass out from like low blood sugar or something, it's mm-hmm. very similar. And I feel like I go to a place. It's, it's weird to, to call it a place cause I don't leave. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really like, it's almost like a place in between the molecules. So it's always here and accessible, right. but it's like, have you ever seen those, uh, you know, optical illusion images where you're like looking at it, but then if you can shift the way your eyes see it, a new image pops yeah. out. Yeah, it's totally. almost like seeing that. eye puzzles. Yeah. 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 It's almost like that where like it's always accessible, but we're just not focusing correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's like an entire almost like truer reality that we don't see because we're trained to focus on like very condensed molecules exactly. or something like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was like a huge awakening for me. Mm -hmm. And I realized in that moment, like it came back and I was like, okay, that was more real than my entire life. That like 10 minutes. Right. And it was shocking. And like, I had been up to that point in my life, like enjoying myself, you know, and a person and not like having any major problems. Mm -hmm. But after that, I was like, wow. I started really knocking down some mental patterns that were holding me back, realizing ways that I was setting myself up for self-destruction, you know? Yeah. And I, I was like hungry for that, not to have the experience again, but I was hungry to like chase that wisdom that was yeah. inside of it, that reality. Like I know that reality is here. How do I get to it? So, yeah, and I, and I like, you know, I think you figure that you can chase something, but doesn't it seem like when you do, the thing comes to you also? Like, it, mm-hmm. it's yeah. like a magnet almost. So I started coming across books that describe that experience I had, but as a result of meditation, and I'm like, okay, okay, meditation maybe is like a way to get there on my own. Mm-hmm. So I started meditating a lot. Meditation changed my life. And I I yeah. am not always really consistent with it, but I can confidently say that the times in my life when I'm meditating consistently, my quality of life skyrockets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And usually I turn back to it because I'm so unhappy. Exactly. <laughs> and right, I know yeah. that because I don't have control of my mind because I'm not practicing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love that interplay. So that in a was way. a big thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think like ever since then, really, especially through meditation, I really just kind of cultivate it myself as much as I can. So, um, so yeah, it's just been a really beautiful kind of journey of, like we said, balance finding something you think that works, trying to apply it everywhere, realizing that's not going to work. Just constantly like constantly like doing and then undoing, doing, undoing, you Mm -hmm. know, and and really like similar to breathing, compression, exhale, compression, exhale. And it's so funny how as a human we want, like when we're in the compression, we're like, okay, this is it. I am identifying with the compress. And then when the inhale, the exhale comes, we like, resist it yeah right <laughs> the <laughs> new new thing coming so it's in. kind of like yeah you're gonna so die like, bro you need to take a breath of, <laughs> yeah i think it's a matter of simultaneously embracing the part of the cycle where you are 
but not becoming attached to it because right. ultimately it will change before Everything's you always changing. become comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. You got to be in manual, manual gear all the time and yeah. not just on autopilot yeah. and just kind of step your way through yeah. each moment, you know? It's like, it, it exactly. is this beautiful process, you know, like when you are meditating regularly and you kind of feel like you have it dialed in, right? So like you've cultivated a lot of order in your life and then you like, you hit this new kind of peak of like, man, I really got this idea of who I am now and how I orient <laughs> with the world and I'm very peaceful. And then it's, I found instead of getting upset when that wave passes, you know, and then like this chaos starts coming in and you start getting confused again. But then it's like this new training ground to like, again build order from and then you kind of come into like a, a higher state of realization about yourself in the world you know and then it crumbles yes. again <laughs> and then instead of yeah and like you're saying you know not getting attached to the in or out breath and finding peace mm-hmm. with the whole experience in itself like you're you're exactly. always learning you know and like yeah it can be harder at times to appreciate or be at peace with where you are but yeah but, but you can you know and I think it just medita- takes work. Yeah. And that's what I think that's what meditation has taught me is like, you just have to be like sort of like riding on top of it while not trying to be in too much control because it's always changing. Mm-hmm. And if you, yeah, like I'll just repeat what we've been saying. If you think you found some modality or some sort of just like cure all for the rest of your life, like <laughs> there's going to be one big wave that you're going to miss cause you're, Cause you're not looking or you're not, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. I think like an analogy that I've been thinking about recently is video games. And I actually don't really play video games that much, mm-hmm. but it really feels like life is a video game in the sense that mm-hmm. you are met with a challenge. Mm-hmm. You overcome it. Yeah. And then you have this feeling of like, okay, now I've got it. But yeah. really all you did was upgrade to the next level where exactly. now the challenge, is the monsters are bigger uh-huh, the challenges yeah. are harder and the reality is that you're not equipped to deal with it yeah because you have to change yourself in order to beat that level yeah and it's really easy to get your sights set on the top level video game yeah mm-hmm. but the reality is that the top the video game is infinity is mm-hmm. infinite yeah and that the real trick is to both engage with the level you're on to your best ability while also not feeling like compelled to finish it mm, you know you're like yeah. finishing it but you can't care about finishing it yeah <laughs> it's like you said you have to care absolutely completely and also not give a fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so guys at home you know just run with that idea you know do shit but don't yeah, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> easy easy peasy right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I think we had a couple other questions on this post. Uh, Mm -hmm. I wanted to just get to, um, so I guess first, um, Chris Boland shouted you out. He said he loves your work and that you're a gem of a person. So shouts to Chris Boland. Shouts, Chris. And yeah, yeah. We feel it out. I I asked people like, Hey, do you, thank you, Chris. I hope you're doing well. (laughs) I fielded out, like, yeah, I just asked our little Facebook group, do you guys have questions for Lauren? And half the comments Ooh. were just mind-exploded yeah, emojis yeah. with Allison, no question. It was like, holy shit. Allison Grayson <laughs> just has, like, so are all these emojis, like, wow, 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 hard eyes, exploding head. Is that a question? <laughs> so 
I'll leave that to you. What do you have to say to that? No. <laughs> um, oh, here's a good one. Um, Lion Gray. I don't think that's his real name. Uh, he would like to know if you have ever embodied death, stood at the crossroads, and witnessed creation. <laughs> I think we kind of went over that. Well, yeah. I feel like that's pretty much directly related to the experience I described. Sure, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down also to like similar with like the video game analogy and everything else we've been talking about. There's a huge shift and really with becoming lucid. There's a huge shift between seeing like the monsters and the challenges at the level you're on coming at you and mm-hmm. feeling like, oh my God, I'm not equipped for this. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready for this. This is more than I can handle. And then on the other side, feeling like next challenge, here we go. This is fun. You know, really like switching from victim to like warrior and empowering yourself. And instead of feeling like overwhelmed and pressured, being like, this is going to be a fun opportunity for me to grow. You know, like how can I really level up? And like, it's like that with painting too, you know, where like, I'll think, okay, this is how you have to make a painting, Lauren. And you do this and these are your steps that have worked for you in the past. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's some kind of like methodical structure I can rely on. And then I start feeling like the victim, like, why isn't my (laughs) formula working? Right. (laughs) And then to switch into a mode of being in a place where I'm like, I can create anything. Yeah. I don't have to feel like I have to create something based on the work I've made before or based on what I, have thought previously of like it could be something I've never thought of before. Mm-hmm. I could l- allow something new to happen that I haven't imagined previously. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes all the difference in the world, right? Just kind of your your outlook and your your effort and your willingness to engage with life and and take all the different patterns and matter and energy and 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 work with it and dance with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. Yeah. That old trope you know what doesn't kill me makes me stronger there's some fucking words to live by you know yeah it's like it's this cause yeah it's a cause to creatively integrate with everything that happens you know totally it's like yeah yeah so do you have uh, and really like sorry go ahead uh, I was gonna change the subject (laughs) if you had if you had some um so I'm just curious uh do you have like do you have any uh big ideas or visions for what you want to do as an artist, as a painter? I mean, my, like I kind of had said, like my big goals are just waking up maybe through my art, waking other people up. Mm -hmm. But I want to really, I mean, just like as my own personal goal, I just want to make things that I can't imagine myself capable of making and I think that's really cool thing about art is that and it's something that humans can tap into is like our greatest tool that we have is patience I Mm. think because it's almost like you can you have like your human ability in any given moment but with a painting we're able to compile those moments right yeah 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 and it's like they like exponentially become more powerful so that 
like when I finish a painting, I look at it and I'm like, I don't know how I did that. And I probably peaked and will never make something cool as that again. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I've been yeah. through that one a bunch. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, and you just have to be like, well, I thought I peaked a hundred times before now and I kept going and making cooler things. So hopefully it'll, <laughs> it'll just keep happening. Trust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a bitch, man. Yeah. Happens all the time. <laughs> especially on a day like if there's like a day when i'm tired or kind of depressed and i look at a painting i did three years ago i'm like i don't even know how i did that i can't I can't even do that anymore like, I'll, I'll never live up to yeah. my former glory <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so exactly it's like i don't know what i was tapping into but yeah i don't have access to it anymore oh yeah exactly <laughs> we're all so full of but shit it's sometimes like, it's like after you finish a painting there's like a recovery time yeah and i think, yeah. think like i'm kind of in that space now where like mm. i really recently finished Uzumaki. yeah and I, like i said i had this idea you know mm. it's a really cool idea i don't want to <laughs> say it because i'm still gonna make it happen <laughs> right. everybody yeah. stay tuned but I wanted so badly for that idea to happen and I'm like in this space now of realizing like I need to like become a new person mm. to like for the next painting to happen. Yeah. I mean mm. I have like a ton of paintings I've already started that need to be finished, but yeah. <laughs> you know how it is. You always have to be it's like once I have a painting to the point where it's technical work, I really need to feed the part of me that wants to like pull something out of nothing mm -hmm. and yeah, create yeah. something new. So Yeah. Cool. It's all about that balance. Yeah. Coming back yeah. to that. Enjoy your off Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do we want to field the, uh, a classic question? Oh, yeah. Um, so, if you have any advice for your younger self or younger artist, what would it be? Oh, my God. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, from a technical standpoint, draw from life. Draw from life. As you can. Draw from life all the time if you can. I feel like every technical skill I can attribute to life drawing hours. Mm. Nice. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's like meditation too, you know, you're just paying attention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Learn to like see and build confidence in yourself. And mm. Yeah, I think it's the same advice I give to myself now, which yeah. is just enjoy yourself, you yeah. know, don't, mm -hmm. don't, don't feel so much like you have to do something a certain way and pressured and just remember like every day to not look at your phone in the morning and start <laughs> off with like your phone. That's like huge. Don't look at your phone. Yeah. <laughs> don't it look is. at your phone, especially in the morning, because that dictates your whole day. Yeah. That, if I had started doing that a long time ago, I think that would have been cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> morning routines are very important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Drink some water. Drink water. Yes. yes. Stay hydrated. That's always a good rule of thumb. Drink yeah. some water. Yes. Try not yeah. to stress and, yourself you know, out. Wake up and pay attention and realize that you're infinitely powerful and... You know, have fun. Have fun with it. Yeah. Because, yeah. Crazy. you know, like, who knows really what's going on if we're reincarnated, if we, I mean, I, I think at least per the laws of science we know at this point, energy cannot be created or destroyed, you mm -hmm. know? 
I think that our consciousness is infinite. So I feel like we might get caught up in thinking this time around, I'm an artist and I got to make tons of paintings all the time. But really what's going on is that we're just looping and looping and looping until we figure out how to have fun and not take it seriously. While also, you know, uh, being involved and applying ourselves fully. Mm -hmm. So don't take it too serious, but be serious also. (laughs) (laughs) Great advice. Yeah, do with that as you may. Yeah. Good luck out there, kids. <laughs> They'll decipher well, it, I think. Yeah. What's well, yeah, I mean what well, yeah, and it's fun to give advice that's not just like, oh, I just need to do this. Like <laughs> you know, it's like a little riddle, you know? Yeah. Uh, exactly. Advice via koan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um how can people like follow you, see your art? know what you're up to um i'm the most active on instagram mm. lauren dot nova uh also i'm on facebook if you search lauren nova you'll find me and i have a website lauren but i keep pretty active on instagram fairly you know i have to take i'm slow like i said so yeah. <laughs> i don't always have something to share with the world <laughs> but yeah i like i'm pretty good about uh keeping that updated and letting people know what I'm making and stuff like that. So nice. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll wrap up. Yeah. Unless you, do you have anything important you have to share? I don't think so. I hope, (laughs) hopefully something I've said has been meaningful to someone. Yes. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. We got to hang out soon. It's been forever. Yeah. Come out to Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah come on I out. Know. After the, you know, after I, the coronavirus dissipates. After the apocalypse, I will come. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Yeah, we all want to hang with you. And uh, Randall Morgan said hi, too. They wanted me to let you know. Oh, cool. Hello, Morgan and Randall. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, stay safe out there. Good luck. Yeah, thank you so much again. Yes, thank you. We appreciate you. I know. Crazy times. The video game level is just... We just oh, leveled yeah. up. Leveled up so. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the Corona boss. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Corona level. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, peace, guys. Peace out, y'all. Thank you so much for Thanks listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yes, thank you. We out. <laughs> <laughs>